This podcast series is supported by members at Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. Timing plays a major factor while opening a brewery. There are a lot of moving factors out of your control, but with focus and determination, you can weather the storm and still manage to grow your business. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer and have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of the craft beer industry. On this podcast series, I profile the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region in the Pacific Northwest that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. If you enjoy this episode or this podcast in general, please make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. And please feel free to share with your beer-loving friends. It helps support and grow the show. Located in the majestic Deschutes National Forest is a town called Sisters, Oregon. I traveled here to visit a brewery that opened its doors during a not-so-ideal time period when the national economy was in a recession. But they've managed to grow despite the challenges they faced when they opened. I sat down with the team from Three Creeks Brewing Company. My name is Jeff Cornett. I'm the head brewer. Wade Underwood, general manager and founding partner. Ashley Woody, marketing manager. All right. And uh, we, where are we located at at this very moment? Three Creeks Brewing Company's uh, back patio in Sisters, Oregon. Right. And this was the first location because you also have a production facility as well, correct? Correct. Yeah. This was our first location. Uh, we opened in July of 2008. Right. How did beer find you? <laughs> uh, I was a beer fan from a young age. Craft beer was what I was searching out, best I could afford at any given time. Had other jobs and other careers, but always came back to really being a, a craft beer fan. I can't say aficionado, uh, but a big fan of it and looking for the best IPAs I could find. I lived in Arizona for eight years and there weren't very many. Uh, so when we got back up here, I decided to jump in and make it happen. I went through a, a couple different uh random other steps in life. I came from the medical field, chemistry background in college. Uh, I go back a long ways with with Wade here. And in some of the steps where he was looking at the production brewery, I was teaching up at the community college in Bend and economic changes and I wasn't getting the hours I wanted and he needed somebody to come in and and help with that and just be a, just kind of do whatever needed to be done. Got my foot in the door that way and and took to the brewing process, the brew deck. I had done wine and cider at home for years. So this was a this was a little different turn for me, but something that this was kinda in my educational DNA a little bit. So it was it's been a good fit. It's been fun. All right. And then so what was your first brew then? Did you guys have a little pilot system to start you out on? I got into the production system as just basically a, a brewing assistant and it started from from square one where I was just digging out the mash tun and taking over a little bit more of the automation here and there. As time went on, just started taking over more of the steps of the brew and eventually got it handed over. So no, there wasn't necessarily a tiny test batch for me to do. I got schooled on the production side straight from the start 
So what came first then, the production or the pub? Uh, the pub came first. I wasn't from the restaurant business or the beer business, uh, but I was running uh, an e-commerce company before I moved here. So I had a good business background, but got together some partners and we knew that, well, I knew that I wanted to get into the beer business and the, the brew pub looked like the best way to do it in, the, in this community. And so we jumped in and formed a partnership and bought dirt and I designed the building with uh, some help from a restaurant designer and a, another brewer that uh, contracted with me to lay everything out. And I hired some, some great people to help me get it open that either knew how to brew or knew how to run a restaurant. We opened it. I wouldn't recommend opening a restaurant in 2008 in the U.S. to anybody. Nope. Uh, timing wasn't great, but um, we've been fortunate to be supported by our local community as well as the broader beer community uh, through it all. And uh, we're able to bootstrap into the production facility, which opened in December of 2014. Right. And so uh, why sisters then? Uh, I wanted to live here. And okay. my wife wanted to live here. Uh, we wanted to live in Central Oregon. So we were looking at you know Bend or sisters or whatever else in uh this location was available. Uh, the developer was looking for someone to do a brew pub. We took advantage of it. There, you know, there's four million people a year that drive by our front door, and because uh, there's a couple ski fields over here. And- yeah, there's a ski mountain and just uh, the highway. You know, there's two good ways into Central Oregon, and one of them's this highway, and the other one's over Mount Hood. And so I drove in from the coast today, and that was a beautiful drive. Yeah, so, it's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. So yeah. you know, outdoor lifestyle. My wife and I both like to hike. I like to fish. We mountain climb, uh, I golf, we mountain bike, you know, you name it. We're, we're outdoorsy. We're on the rivers. We're whitewater rafting. And this is just a phenomenal place to, to live and base, uh, base camp for all those things. So elevator pitch, if you were to describe your beers, uh, and you had seven floors to tell somebody like best describes your beers, uh, what, what would you say? Seven floors. Yeah. I would say that, that. Our general philosophy is kind of a blue-collar mentality. We're not trying to do anything off the wall. And with that said, we're not trying... It's not something that we don't do any experimentation with. But we want to make beers that kind of run the, the those core styles and fairly true to style and play with the styles a little bit. But we're not we're not looking to totally push the envelope on some brand new experimental beer with, with God knows what in it. So we want to stay pretty true to style. We want them to be clean. We want them to be refreshing, tasty, um, good aroma, good flavor, a good balance. And that's what we try to do. And there's a lot of ways to take that. I mean, that still gives us a lot of room to play, but, but we want to just be solid on what we do and everything we do. One of our mottos is tastes, not trends. And so, you know, you're not going to find a hazy beer in our collection, um, but what you will find is perfecting our craft, pun intended. Um, so with the production facility then, uh, how much beer are you shipping out and where is it shipping to? Uh, we were at capacity here in 2010 at the pub, probably. Um, so opening in 2008, that's really good stride then. Yeah, to, we were doing yeah. just over 2,200 barrels uh, back then and we couldn't get any bigger, so... The first year we opened the plant, we jumped to almost 5,000 barrels. And this year we'll produce and ship just under eight, probably 7,500. Uh, we're on a nice, consistent, you know, 10 to 15% growth clip. Uh, we're expanding deeper into our own markets rather than going too far astride. That being said, we are in the Northwest, so we're in 
Washington, all of Oregon, and southern Idaho at the, at the present. Is it cans, bottles, mixture of both? Uh, cans and bottles. We do 22-ounce bombers, which is how we got into distribution originally, along with draft. That kind of market trend with mobile bottling guys starting up was almost perfect timing for, for what we were doing. Uh, and really helped launch the brand into a bigger uh, bigger platform than we could have done without those options. Uh, and then we got into mobile canning when we opened the production facility, and now we have our own packaging line. But cans, bottles, kegs, we're, we're in all of the above. And then there's still a bit of experimentation going on here at the pub, right? Because it's a smaller system and it allows you to do that? It does exactly that, and that's been the one of the biggest advantages because you have those top sellers that – um, they take a lot of space and a lot of time. And when you start distributing, you know, we might have started in three, four styles of beer. And as those become your your best sellers and your distribution beers, it doesn't leave you a lot of space left. So the so the best thing we could do for experimenting and for expanding and trying new things was to get some of that core volume away from the 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 smaller 10 barrel system to the 30 barrel system at the production plant. So we could go back to playing a little more was, was the intent there and focus more on the seasonals and not be totally full in our brewery of three or four basic styles. There were times uh, when we were at 2,200 barrels uh, with just this facility where we'd have four beers on tap and they were hopefully the core four that people found in stores or wherever else and we're expecting. So uh, with the production facility online, we typically have 15 beers. Unfortunately, we only have 13 taps. So, uh, you know, the the breadth of uh, styles that we can play with and just present for people and play with, uh, what's, you know, what's the next thing going to be for us? Uh, don't know. We just keep making different beers. Uh, we have some really creative uh, folks on our brew crew that like to have fun, that like come up with crazy names and crazy ideas and uh, you know, Pat Shea is uh, our brewer here at the pub, and he wanted to make a, a tea beer. So we do a fresh hot beers, two fresh hot beers every year, and he decided he wanted to do a calming beer. So he put uh, uh, chamomile tea into a beer for the first time. We've never done a tea beer before, and uh, he calls Comet Down, which is kind of a fun beer, great beer, actually. But we get to play with some of those things within styles and opens up the creativity on a much smaller risk level. If we really screwed something up on a 10 barrel batch, it's not nearly as problematic as 30. Yeah. And has there been a beer that's come out of experimentation that's really caught on that's surprised you in its popularity? So the crowd pleaser was our real first intentional, we need to come up with yet another flavor profile. Uh, I'm a hophead. Every couple of years, I've you know, asked the brewers to come up with yet another IPA. Uh, and so I was kind of kind of looking for the next flavor profile. And I'd been traveling internationally and found some beers that I was really impressed with and came home and we talked about the flavor profile I was looking for. We went through 15 test batches, um, changing the hot profiles, the malt bill, until we got down to, this is an awesome beer. You know, so that, that's the biggest success story so far, I'd say. Uh, we haven't really had any total, let's flush it. You know, we've had a few that you're like, well, that's, and for me, you know, hey, that's stylistically appropriate. It's a good, clean beer, but you know, I don't like certain styles, so mm -hmm. even if we play in those realms, it may not be something that I'm going to choose to drink, but uh, we'll make sure that it's clean and it's high quality, and if we do it again, we'll, that we can repeat it. So we touched on it a little bit briefly earlier. Um, if somebody was to come here and visit you guys, what else is there to uh, check out while you're visiting uh, Sisters? Wow. What isn't there to check out in Sisters? What are you into? Uh, if you're into the outdoors, uh, depending on time of year, let's go for 
spring, summer when there's not snow around. You've got mountain biking. There's 30 miles of mountain bike trails right out the back door of this patio. Uh, you've got golf. We've got... And this is a lodge, too, that's surrounding us, right? Yep. Like, yeah. Black so. Pine Lodge, they have 32 rooms. Mm-hmm. I think 32 cabins and eight lodge rooms. Right. Uh, you've got a movie house right across the street from us here. Uh, you've got golf, fly fishing, skiing in the winter, snowmobiling, backcountry skiing. You know anything you want to do in the outdoors is is around here. If you want to come and whitewater rafting, you want to come and chill out, you can do that too. We got a spa right here on campus, Shabui Spa. So I mean, there's there's no reason not to come to Sisters. Right, exactly. And if somebody was wanting to go down the uh, path of opening up a brewery themselves, what would be some advice you could give them? Do your homework. Do your homework. Do your homework. And uh, then focus on quality as job one. If you don't know, like I didn't know how to brew at the time. So I made sure that I found the people that were commercial brewers that had a similar vision, dedication to making great beer all the time. And uh, without that, I don't think we would have been successful. This is a, you know, our town is, I'm struggling for the right word here, but if we were to put out a poor product, we wouldn't have made it here. It's a very finicky, but it is demanding they know what they like they know what they like and if you don't do if you don't do something well then they're just not going to support you and that's not the kind of business i wanted to run anyway but i wouldn't get into the business without a solid plan for making great beer in volume that makes sense for whatever your location is you see some folks uh i mean closings are starting to ramp up now there's people that went way too big uh when you know when growth was 100 percent a year some uh, some bigger breweries made bets that that would continue. Uh, you're seeing some of them restructure or mm-hmm. you know or just close doors, uh, and you also see some folks that are on a very small scale that may or may not be able to make enough profit out of it to get to the next level. So know where you're at, know who your customer is, know what you're trying to do, and make sure that you've done the math and have a more than reasonable shot at success because it's a tough business right now. It's a really tough business right now with 1,600 breweries when we opened in the U.S. and going on 6,000 now with eight breweries in Central Oregon in 2008. I thought we were late to the game. There's 30 plus now. Uh, there's still room for expansion in the market, but I wouldn't be jumping in unless I had done my homework and was prepared for you know, growing a business on the slow side of things. I think also on the on the brewing side of with that question, you know, you get into this and and People are so used to variety, especially, I mean, here in the Northwest, and it's probably now like that all over the country, whether you're in, you know, Vermont or Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, you see the same things. And I was just in and, Denver for the Great American and uh, no New England brewery won for the hazy category. It was all like Midwest <laughs> yeah. breweries that won. So. Crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. But if you, everybody's so used to this, all these different styles and all this crazy stuff available and you see new breweries pop up that, you know, they're going to do all those styles all at once. Your customer, for one, is going to kind of tell you what what they like by what what moves and what drinks. And so we can do some amazing beers that we love as brewers, and they just don't sell. And it's a little disheartening, but you just you start to realize that you know this is not only for us but for the customer too, and both have to make sense to do that. And the other other side of that, the flip side of that is trying to do stuff that's not in your wheelhouse. You have to be real careful and, and, and make sure you get, you know, if you're going to do your IPA is what you're so popular everywhere, make sure you do them good. You do them great. 
do them as best they can be done and then go worry about your, you know, pumpkin peach ale or something like that. And, and you see a lot of this where you go in and there's just not an identity. And I think identity and, you know, credit to Wade who you know, knew what he liked to drink and knew what his friends were drinking and then put those out there, did a great job in making them and then kind of expanded and tested from there and to see if there's a market for that. And from a business standpoint, that's a big part of it. So, all right. Well, thank you, everybody. Huge thank you to the team at Three Creeks. Really appreciate everybody there. Um, they really looked after me and uh, their beers are fantastic. Love the brew pub. It is nestled amongst the trees and it's just a beautiful spot. So definitely go check out Three Creeks Brewing Company in Sisters, Oregon. If you enjoyed this episode and this podcast in general and want to support it, you can by going to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Cascadian beer. For as little as a dollar an episode, you help make this podcast series possible. Also, please make sure that you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and it doesn't cost you anything and you'll never miss an episode once you do. For more information and to follow this podcast series, you can on social media by going to facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. I'm on Twitter at Cascadian Beer and also on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode, so please feel free to leave a comment wherever you choose to hang out on the web. For more information and photos of my trip and some more details about the craft beer industry in the Pacific Northwest, you can head to the website at Cascadian.beer. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. And until next time, remember, support your local.